uh, it can be it can be quite difficult uh, preaching on Good Friday, uh, not just because of wearing a dress, um, but just because of the subject matter is a matter that is very close to our hearts. Um, it is the foundation of our salvation, and it is the beginning of our celebration of resurrection, really. And I was thinking back, so far I have, I have preached uh, on Good Friday about uh, the Father. I have preached on Good Friday about the Son. Uh, today I am going to preach on Good Friday about you. <laughs> it was a few years ago, uh, was the first time, believe it or not, that I had actually ever heard uh, Johnny Cash's version of were you there when they crucified my Lord? Are, are you familiar, maybe with the hymn, if not that version itself? And if you are, it's it'll be in your head the rest of the night, and that's okay. But something struck me in listening to it on, on KEXP, of all things, and uh, was really that question, was I there when they crucified my Lord. And, and the way the hymn goes, the spiritual, is, is written with the point to make you reflect on not just your, your positioning in life and that, the, that you weren't actually there, much like when God questioned Job at the end of Job, were you there when I made the foundations of the world? But I am actually going to put forward to you that you were, in fact, there when they crucified our Lord. W.H. Auden once asked this question of himself. The writer was trying to think back on where would he have been during the crucifixion? Who would he have been during it? And he actually came to the point that he wouldn't have been a ruler, he wouldn't have been in the mob, he, he actually would have been uh, a well-educated Jew that was walking by as it happened. Not only walking by as it happened, but talking with his friend about the latest philosophies that have developed in the world. Talking about truth and beauty and wisdom and all of those things. And as he walked by, there were these three crosses, a common sight in Jerusalem. And of course, as part of that common sight would have been the Jews gathered around screaming and yelling at the criminals for their offenses. And all W.H. Auden would have thought he would have said is, isn't that a shame? Don't, they, don't you think they should do executions in private instead of in public? And he would have continued his conversation with his friend. Oh, whether or not that fits your own description whether or not you self-entertain by talking about the ideas of our time or just watch Netflix. Somewhere, you would have found yourself at the crucifixion. It's very common for us to think of them and the people that were there as some sort of distant story. In fact, kind of looking back on them and wondering how could they have done such a thing. Here they were, handling the king of kings. As Jesus walked and talked, he also healed. He cast out demons. And as the story goes, and we know so well, 
it wasn't that long before this that he actually raised the dead. How could they have done something like this? There's a theory that as we have grown in our society, in our wealth, and in our wisdom, and we have found ourselves all the reasons to detach from the story itself, we've taken all the people in the story of the crucifixion and we have cemented them in the past, even making them take on the language that comes out of the Bible. There's another writer, Dorothy Sayers, who was writing a uh, radio program about Jesus' life called The Man Born to be a King. You can still find the program online. As she was writing it, she had come to the point that she was going to try and bring the time of Jesus to us by actually putting it in the frame of what they would have actually said. So, So in it, she made the soldiers sound like soldiers, which means their language was... Colorful for BBC Radio? She gave them the songs of the military that they were to sing together while they were in their barracks waiting to uh, hoist somebody up on a cruciform. She made Pontius Pilate sound like a government official that really didn't want to be assigned to Israel. And that actually kind of held disdain for the people that he was in charge of. Actually making Herod sound like a king. One who enjoyed his power and almost kind of Mel Brooks-like, it's good to be the king. Well, the advisory committee, the, the bishops of that time, were rather offended by the language that she included in the story. For some reason, the soldiers were not speaking in King James Version language. And so they they wrote to the BBC and to Dorothy Sayers and saying that this language needed to be cleaned up. This is is not going to fly for us. And, And they actually found it all very shocking. And Dorothy Sayers writes back to them all. And word for word, she says, shocking. Shocked? Shocked? You damn well should be shocked. This is ugly business. Our Lord was crucified by people that were like us in a society like ours. And the crucifix is dirty work. Tell your bishops. Crucified in a shocking way by people that are much more like us than we like to imagine. In a society that ours is quickly becoming like. So were you there when they crucified our Lord? Were you in the place of the one who, in your ostentatious ways, in the arrogance of sitting on your judgment seat, was able to look at your God and say, you are not who I think you should be. You are not the one that has actually come for us. I don't very much care for what you have to say. Are you the one who is dragged there to be in front of the Lord to cast judgment on Him by others? 
taking on the form of Pontius Pilate, the only one our creeds seems to blame for some reason. Wanting nothing to do with the whole situation. In fact, it would just be much easier to wash your hands and walk away. Maybe, maybe that is your spot in this story. Maybe you find yourself there now or you have in the past. Maybe you are the one standing there pointing at the Lord in all of your judgment and conviction because you would prefer something different. It's hard. It's hard at times to hear the words that he has to share. And sometimes it drives us to be like that. I'm not actually sure how many of us are in that position. In some ways, I I think that, that our position might be a little bit different. That we find ourselves actually in the angry mob, angry at different times about different things. Sometimes maybe we, we feel a little bit like the little boy standing on the side just watching it all happen, afraid to almost raise our own voice to make the things stop. To make that person stop saying what they are saying. To make that person stop hitting the way that they hit. To make those that think they have the right to sit in judgment to get them to stop what they're judging. Maybe you are in the angry crowd yourself, angry that he dared to do such things as he has done in your life. Waiting for him to instantaneously stop the suffering. Waiting for him to step in and to heal the sick today. To remove our cancers to even call our dead back. And upon thinking that he dares to not answer, I'd rather cast him off. Were you there when they crucified our Lord? Dorothy Sayers was right when she described the crucifixion to be something so dirty and ugly. W.H. Auden was right when he said that that was actually a routine thing to happen in that time period. And so many people walked on past the crucifix as they had walked on past Jesus every other time. It is a dirty business. And on Good Friday, we reflect on the sacrifice that Christ so willingly put himself into. But that sacrifice even began before he started onto the cross. Let us remember what the psalmist writes in Psalm 69, when he describes that the zeal that the Messiah has for the house of the Lord would consume him. But because of that zeal for the Lord, all of the world would begin to hate Him. It says, as they hate the Lord, so would they hate Him. 
and so will they hate us. It says that those at the gates mocked him, and the drunkards made a song about him. Indeed, the drunkards have. Good Friday was the day in which many of them felt their triumph. The song included the sacrifice and the suffering, the torment given. For this very reason, there is no suffering that any of us can experience and think our God has no idea what it feels like. Were you there when they crucified our Lord? The point of the crucifixion story of our Savior's very crucifixion for us isn't really that we keep our story there. Uh, Certainly there are times in our lives when we are the various characters that are standing there in and around waiting for the crucifixion to happen. In fact, it seems like sometimes we probably jump right from one to the next to the next. But the crucifixion gives us something. There is not a single person here who doesn't remember their great sins. Who doesn't remember the scars, either literally on your body from sin or metaphorically. But in the crucifixion, what we remember about those sins and those scars is that Christ has taken them and put them on himself. that though we may walk with them, they are not what we are now known for. They are not what we are known by. They are not how we think of ourselves. The crucifixion is very much so about all those that are gathered around them, around the crucifixion itself, and what they are to remember is not their chanting voices, that drove him there, but that our Lord died for them there. This is freedom from our sins. Not that we have stopped sinning, but those sins are now in view through that cross. It is to us the greatest sign of love ever given. It may not be the love that we asked for, but it is the very love that we need. Because it's the only kind that can take all the things that the world has thrown at us, given us, scarred us with, and take it on to somebody else. So whether you are there when they crucified our Lord or not, what it is we know because of this day and the ugliness of it is that that sin is not what we are known by now. 
what I remember about our greatest sins, about our voices at the cross, about the times that we have found ourselves occupying the judgment seat, the times that we swore during a sermon have been taken and put on him. This is the beginning of our life. Here in the midst of death, among our voices that have spoken and sang to his death, is the beginning of our life. So in our darkness of this day, let us see that this is the beginning of light. Because Sunday, Sunday is not that far away. And neither is the day that we're all waiting for. The day when those scars are removed permanently. The day when those sins are taken away. The day when all of those tears that we have shed at the foot of the cross will be dried up and removed. Amen?